everybody, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for listening to this podcast. Make sure you leave a like and a review on whatever podcast platform you're getting this from. Watch my daily radio shows live stream on rumble.com slash Casey the host. And I'm moving away from Facebook onto Telegram. So please follow me on Telegram at Casey the host. And of course, my website, which is a conservative news aggregator. You can get all of the best real news every single day, plus my daily show prep podcast videos and more, theburningtruth.us. And if you like knives, Kydex holsters, pepper spray, and hidden cameras, make sure you do your shopping at asdefense.com. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190-1075 FM. want to thank the Fort Wayne audience for joining us. Friendly reminder that you can watch the live stream of this radio show. If you are at all interested in the conversations and discussions that we have during commercial breaks, or you just want to watch the video of this thing or uh, maybe you've got a smart TV in a Roku or something like that. You want to download the Rumble app, and you can watch this on your big screen TV. All you have to do is go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. That's C-A-S-E-Y. You can pull it up and watch it there. Please hit that subscribe button. I would really appreciate that. All right, a um, couple of things. First of all, uh, Wuhan Josh has never seen inflation this high in his entire life. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. Uh, Joe Biden is now telling you that you're a domestic terrorist if you agree with a guy that he was always constantly praising throughout his entire political career. So that's interesting. And COVID is killing charity. I'll just say it. We took uh, we took down the Salvation Army when the Salvation Army decided to go woke. There's been some other charities along the way, but that was that was a big one. That was a real because I donate the Salvation Army every year. This is the first year I can remember in my entire life where I didn't give them a dime. First year. And what did we get? The Salvation Army uh, retracted some of the social justice warrior woke critical race theory type training that they were doing. And they begged people to start giving them money again because donations were down. Well, you know, this is the thing. You might very well be a good organization, a traditional organization that does positive things for people. When you start treating People like garbage. People aren't going to support you. It doesn't matter what your mission in life is. It doesn't matter what you're doing because there's other places that will do that mission too who will not trash the people who contribute to them. And when the Salvation Army decided to make that move, they paid a hefty, hefty price for it over the holiday season. So now we're dealing with another charity that I've always donated to and I've I've never hesitated. Never, never, never um, and in fact, if you're listening to any one of these two radio shows right now, our respective radio stations at various points in time have given money to the Ronald McDonald House. And the Ronald McDonald House is now kicking children with cancer out of their, their facilities. And the reason that they're doing it is because these kids are not vaccinated. Now, I, I've talked about this before because this keeps coming up. And, you know, obviously we've talked about medical personnel and everything else. I posted a really interesting video from a nurse today who is in the middle of recovering from COVID and was told to come back to work, that she was cleared to come back to work, even though she was still symptomatic, Josh. She still has symptoms. And her hospital told her to come back to work and not take a COVID test. So that way they didn't have to deal with a, uh, a positive result. 
which has to start the cycle all over again. And she posted this on on uh, TikTok or Instagram, one of the two, and I, I found it and shared it on my social media for you guys. I think it's on Telegram, maybe Getter. Um, so here's the thing. This is, this is a little different, obviously. We have talked about this for quite some time. You know, recently here we had Beacon Health say that they're not going to perform heart surgeries. They're not going to perform heart valve surgeries. They're not going to perform uh, cancer surgeries because they don't have the personnel to do those life-saving procedures because they they are overwhelmed by the COVID cases. I pulled up the COVID cases. The COVID cases are not at record highs, not even close. And, of course, the only reason that there's an issue is because they chose to fire hundreds of people instead of keeping those people on staff. That was their decision, and they're just trying to blame it on the virus so that way they don't face any repercussions from it. But the reality is the only reason that there's an issue at hospitals right now is because people were fired because they didn't want to take the vaccine. Many of them have natural immunity. We've gone over the research, which shows that if you have previously recovered from COVID and you take the vaccine, uh, your risk of serious side effects from the vaccines goes through the roof by hundreds of times. This is not something to be taken lightly. But when you are a cancer patient, something that has consistently come up, when you're getting ready to go into surgery, it has always been a cautionary tale about getting vaccines before you you go into these these surgeries. And when you're when you're dealing with cancer treatment, oftentimes they don't want you getting any vaccinations. And so now the Ronald McDonald House is kicking children out and their families out of the Ronald McDonald House while they're dealing with cancer because they're not vaccinated. There's this video, I won't play it for you today just cuz the audio is not great for radio, but I will put it in the daily show prep of one of the fathers confronting management at the Ronald McDonald house furious that you know they're they're going to be kicked out with basically 2 weeks notice they're, they were told that you know at the end of the month if you're not va- vaccinated then you you have to leave now for the record you can't be vaccinated in 2 weeks you actually become more susceptible to getting covid in that two-week period after you get either the first or the second shot. It's the same for both, one week to two weeks. There's some variance there. And so you you won't be fully vaccinated if you haven't had any vaccine in two weeks, which means they've given everybody two weeks' notice, and it doesn't matter what they do, they're gone. But if you're going through certain cancer treatments and you have certain types of cancers, you're not supposed to be vaccinated, and that includes the COVID vaccines. Now, I want to take you back in time real quick, okay? The reason I want to take you back in time is because I think that this is important just to provide context on how things change. October 16th of 2017. So this is pre-COVID. MD Anderson Cancer Center, University of Texas. Vaccinations for cancer patients, what to know. Certain types of chemotherapy and radiation therapy can weaken the immune system, putting cancer patients at increased risk for life-threatening infections. Because of this, many cancer patients may need to get revaccinated against diseases that they received vaccines for as children. And some may require additional vaccines or boosters to help protect uh, such against such infections. But not all common vaccines are recommended for every cancer patient. That's because the benefits and safety vary from patient to patient. To do their job, vaccines require a healthy immune system that's able to recognize and kill disease-causing germs. And it takes a healthy immune system 
at least two weeks from the time of vaccination to start recognizing and killing germs. That means vaccination timing is just as important as getting the vaccine itself. In general, okay, in general, these, these, are, these are cancer doctors, Josh, at the University of Texas in their cancer center. In general, vaccines are not recommended during chemotherapy or radiation therapy. Okay. So what are these kids at the Ronald McDonald House supposed to do? They're not supposed to be getting vaccinated. And the Ronald McDonald House's position was, well, we're trying to, and the dad argued this actually fairly well, considering he was very emotional. Um, They're saying it's, of course, to protect people from getting COVID. Well, we know that the vaccines don't protect you from getting COVID, particularly the Omicron variant, which is now like 96. Yesterday, I think I said 94. I think it's up to like 96 or 97 percent of all new infections. So if the vaccines don't prevent you from getting infected, they don't prevent you from spreading it. What is the point of forcing people who aren't supposed to be vaccinated during the treatments that they're getting? What is the point of forcing them to get something under the guise of it protects people in the building from getting COVID? If that's not what the vaccines do. And the answer is there isn't a point. I mean, the Ronald McDonald House doesn't even have a position here that they will talk with the doctors about that specific child in order to figure out if their immune system and their treatment allows them to get any vaccine. It is a blanket policy. 100% of anybody inside the Ronald McDonald House must be vaccinated for COVID-19 when you are not supposed to do that. So again, this is University of Texas. MD Anderson Cancer Center, okay? That's in 2017. Okay, KZ, but what about the MNRA vaccination? Maybe they're like totally different and stuff. No. Go to cancer.org right now, and they will tell you the exact same thing about the three vaccines available in the United States. If you are undergoing chemo, radiation therapy, you're not supposed to be vaccinated. If you are in a different stage of treatment or undergoing different types of treatments, you must be evaluated by by your oncologists and other medical practitioners, and they have to evaluate your immune system and your specific type of cancer to determine if you can even get one of them. The fact that there is a blanket policy here is horrendously dangerous. So now what the Ronald McDonald House has done, again, just trying to follow along with the general nonsense that you hear everywhere is I just get vaccinated because you know that'll save, that'll save your life well it, it doesn't most people dying right now most people getting COVID most people in the hospital most people in the ICU right now are vaccinated people that's just the reality okay sorry if you don't like that fact that's the fact latest research is if you're vaccinated you're 4.5 times more likely to catch the Omicron variant than somebody who is unvaxxed now disclaimer the unvaxxed category includes unvaxxed people who have and have not had COVID. So it's a bit of a tainted number. But it doesn't matter. It shouldn't, shouldn't matter at all. The fact that you're still 4.5 times more likely to catch, catch Omicron versus people with natural immunity or unvaccinated people, that's, that should be scary for you. Uh, there's various things with spike proteins that I could go into. I'm, I'm not here to bore you with a lot of the stuff that I've given you before or I post online. 
The, the point here is that you've got the Ronald McDonald House having a blanket policy, which is contradictory to established medical science when it comes to the treatment of cancer patients. This dad, when he was confronting management at the Ronald McDonald House that his child is now being thrown out of, he called it evil. And it's it, it's kind of hard to to prove him wrong. And I know that that seems a little weird because the Ronald McDonald House, for its entire existence, has been an amazing charity. One that I have financially supported, I have raised money for, I have consistently promoted on, on my show. The fact that I have to do this right now irritates me because two charities out of the three that I give to on a regular basis outside of my normal uh, Radiothon stuff, I am am having major, major issues with. I would love the Ronald McDonald House to change his policy. They should know better. The fact that they deal with kids with cancer and they're requiring them to have vaccines when you're not supposed to be vaccinated is insanity. And they're doing it again for reasons that don't apply at all to the mRNA vaccines that are available in the United States. I mean, we're, we're at a point now, I've been telling you about the Johnson & Johnson lack of, of efficacy for a long time, but the fact we got the CDC now telling you, yeah, don't get Johnson & Johnson, it doesn't work. So we're basically talking about two vaccines here, um, and the Ronald McDonald House choosing to make this decision is, is just, it's beyond the pale. Uh, European Union is also issuing a warning about vaccinations and boosters. The European Union, Josh, you know, that's the whole government of Europe. They're issuing a warning. I'll tell you what they say. I mean, you could take it or leave it. You know, they are backwoods Europeans after all. They're not the uh, the Fauciite elites that are existing in the United States. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, WOWO, 107.5 FM. By the way, that dad at the Ronald McDonald House is pointing out that, you know, it doesn't really make any sense because everybody can, like, come and go from the Ronald McDonald House. So you could go out and catch COVID and bring it back in anyway. It's, it's like, it's not like we're in a sealed environment here. The European Union is now warning that repeated COVID boosters could weaken the immune system. So this is, um, again, the latest research is coming out of all of those government... Universal healthcare system researchers, Josh. I, I mean, the left in this country loves telling you about uh, how universal healthcare is the way to go, right? Well, all of these universal healthcare countries are starting to tell you, like, starting to see an issue with these boosters and immune system problems, and we may, I mean, we may want to uh, to avoid it. Everywhere else in the world, everywhere else in the world right now is telling you that Omicron is basically killing off the pandemic, and in the United States, they're still writing articles about how Omicron uh, burns through natural immunity, which it doesn't. And is still as just a big a danger as, as the Delta variant was, which it clearly is not. What does that tell you? Oh, that election time's right around the corner, Josh. That's what it tells you. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, and covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, Wowo, 107.5 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. 
Also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190 WOWO, 107.5 FM. You can watch the live stream. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host or theburningtruth.us and click on watch now. A local charity uh, is encouraging and promoting girls to uh, dress in drag. And that has some people concerned. Joining us right now to talk about it is Clifton French, investigative reporter from realnewsmichiana.com. Clifton, how you doing, man? Hey, Casey, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. So this is this is an interesting story because uh, Girls on the Run Michiana is like many charities across the country, and they have really promoted uh, the LGBTQ movement on their social media and their imaging and, and that sort of thing. So it's been a big part of kind of who they are. Of course, it's promoted as, you know, we welcome everybody, we're inclusive and that sort of thing. Um, and, and I don't think that most people had a big issue with it, but now we've got an issue with with uh, you know, cross-dressing and, and drag and that sort of thing. Why don't you tell us what's going on? Yeah, so, you know, this, this group, by the way, so th- this charity, um, it's, they have after-school, you know, programs, and they're in um, something like 60 to 70, <clears throat> um, mainly elementary schools throughout uh, throughout uh, South Bend, so St. Joe County, uh, throughout Elkhart counties, Fulton counties, Marshall counties. Um, they're at boys and girls clubs, middle schools, mm-hmm. um, about nearly 70 locations across the area, right? Yeah. Um, 350 students they deal with, um, with PHN schools alone. Um, you know, this, this whole thing was started to be uh, this this program to, you know, um, help the confidence of, of young girls. Um, okay. Starting in third grade, third to fifth grade. Um, now they're pushing things, um, telling everybody, you know, the program is open to child identifying as a girl, children identifying as non-binary, gender fluid, gender expansive, um, you know, posting things, you know, protect trans kids, um, all of these things, uh, which honestly, I think most of us can agree, sure. uh, an eight-year-old, right, mm-hmm. um, doesn't need to be learning about this stuff. Uh, and all of this is being done, uh, you know, obviously they have their own programs and, and they raise their own money for all of that, right? Uh, but it's all being done inside the school. It's being housed in the schools. Uh, a lot, a lot of their volunteers are teachers, um, and it's all being being done, you know, at the taxpayer expense, essentially, uh, with with this program. Now, they serve about 200,000 girls across the country every single year. So while this is... Mm-hmm. We're talking to you know vast other portions of Indiana than we usually do with the WoA audience today, and, and kicking into other states as well. So this isn't just something that is a local issue around South Bend Elkhart. This is an issue that is a nationwide issue with this particular organization. And considering the conversations that we've been having uh, as a society as of late, and some of the work that you've done too at RealNewsMichiana.com, Clifton, you know, grooming is a real concern. And there's a lot of folks that are kind of looking at some of the stuff that's been going on that they're equating it to a form of grooming. Is, is Would you say in your investiga- investigative work here that that has any merit? Absolutely. This is grooming behavior. Um, I mean, you are encouraging, you know, you're encouraging little boys, right, to dress as little girls with this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just became kids on the run, you know, I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. Um, but but say there's there's an, an eight year old boy right who wants to be involved in this because he sees some of his friends involved in it but he can't 
unless he identifies as non-binary, identifies as a girl. Um, you know, this is absolutely uh, grooming behavior, uh, getting children uh, to able and encouraging it, right, and celebrating this. Um, you know, anybody who has kids know that that they can seek out attention in positive or negative ways. Um, and so, if 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 there's a child seeking attention and they see that they can get it like this, you know, who's to say that they won't? Well, um, let's let's not forget but, too. There's a large component to our society that says there is no negative way to get attention now. If it's a negative act in order to get attention, it's a cry for help. It doesn't count as being negative, right? So everything is kind of promoted as as a positive, you know, anytime you're getting reinforced or, you know, external attention is always promoted as positive or necessary, when in fact there are. There's there's negative consequences to seeking attention in, in the wrong ways. But you brought up something else. You mentioned something just now that I thought was really interesting, and I've been kind of talking about this off and on for many years, you know, if this is girls on the run and then they want to just start accepting biological boys and all of these various other genders and stuff. But, of course, they won't just take an open boy, I don't think. Right. Um, why yeah, not just call yeah, it kids I mean, on the run and take everybody? Exactly. Exactly. Wouldn't that solve so, the problem? So if you want to be inclusive, like you claim you're trying to be, uh, just make it kids on the run. Um, I mean, to me, it's it's really that simple. Yeah, then it doesn't uh, matter the what whole... the kid identifies as or or what their their gender identity or their sexuality is, because they just they'd be a kid, and it's an age thing, and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there have been other, uh, you know, there I, I have received a bunch of other things that have been going around, specifically with uh, the Mich- girls on the run, Michiana. So up here okay. in this area, and I'm sure it is um, it is you know a nationwide issue, um, but they were sending out. Um, all kinds of reading material for parents, how to be, you know, an anti-racist parent, but how to teach your kid to be, you know, all of that CRT and doctor. Yeah, so that's CRT right? stuff, I mean, yeah. So so that's going to be a story I'm going to be following up on. Okay. But that's exactly that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, they're they're pushing the CRT stuff, um, and it's it's pretty evident. Uh, they uh, they, you know, and I mean, and they're getting into our schools to do this, right? And and even the. Um, you know how we've talked about this being, you know, the CRT stuff kind of getting into schools through the uh, through the the social emotional learning. Yeah, that is exactly what the uh, president of the council for girls on the run, uh, Michiana, said. Is that she does she does social emotional learning with these kids? I mean, they're just backdooring this into our schools, however they possibly can, through after school programs, through clubs, through social emotional learning, every single way you can think about it. These people have dug in, and they are not going to stop. Meanwhile, every Republican governor of the state of Indiana seems to promote some crazy person to run schools in Indiana who promotes this stuff, Mm -hmm. and it continues to get worse and worse and worse in the Indiana Republican Party, which is just, if you ask me, they're just hell-bent on making Indiana a blue state because all they do is is benefit long-term. They they benefit the indoctrination of kids into left-wing type ideologies. And one day they're going to wake up, and Indiana is not going to be a red state anymore, and the Republican Party is going to go, what could we have done? Well, you could have listened to us, for one thing. Yep. Um, I want to bring up yeah. another story that you've been covering because you had an update on that. And since we have the Fort Wayne audience with us, and this was much more up in their neck of the woods, I want to bring yeah. up this fourth grade uh, founder of the the Church of Satan, who is a fourth grade teacher and and has been um, doing some interesting things within the school system. So for those of you up in the, the Fort Wayne audience, I don't know how big this story, if at all, it got up there. 
Uh, but Clifton French at realnewsmichiana.com broke the story that they're, the founder of the Church of Satan in Indiana is a fourth grade teacher right outside of, of uh, Fort Wayne, correct? Yeah, I guess it's it's technically in Fort Wayne, okay. um, in, in the, the city, but it's not a part of the Fort Wayne schools. It's part of gotcha. Allen County School, okay. uh, Haverhill, Haverhill Elementary School. Uh, yeah, and she uh, created, she's the owner, she's the president, she's the founder of the Satanic Temple, Indiana. Um, and, uh, and, and just happens to be a fourth grade teacher. Right. Um, you know, the school has defended her for her, you know, freedom of religion. I get that. Good thing. We also have freedom of speech and Mm -hmm. freedom of the press so I can write about it. Um, but this woman is a fourth grade teacher who is, who has, you know, she's, it's not like she's just a Satanist, right? She is the Satanist. She is the leader. She's Honcho. She's Honcho evil. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's the she is yeah she is the boss, um, and it's you know there is a connection with with the with the groups here with uh you know the Antifa groups and the the Northern Indiana Atheist quote unquote nonprofit mm-hmm. uh, group up here as well that does a bunch of stuff at the abortion clinic, um, yeah I mean there it is it is terrifying that these people are running our schools. They've infiltrated our schools and they're indoctrinating our children. There's no question in my mind. By the way, big push on LGBTQ plus in, in the, uh, the satanic temple as well. Um, but there's a, there's a thing that you, you had an update recently on that story about her reviewing like a kid's book, uh, which would Uh indoctrinate kids into the satanic temple. Talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I'm going to pull up my notes. You know, I, I do a lot of things. I'm pulling my notes real quick. Okay. I, um, and I'm putting you on the spot so, here. So, yeah, no, but no, I figured no, no, if I've got good. the Fort Wayne audience here and this was in their neck of the woods and I'm not sure if they heard about it or not, yeah. might as well have you on yeah, so, since you're the guy that broke the story. Yeah. So this, this, so there was this book called the Satanic Children's Big Book of Activities. It's put out by the National Satanic Temple. Okay. Right? Um, and it has, you know, it's, it's a coloring book. It has activities, learn, you know, connect the dots and make a, make an upside down pentagram. Right. Okay. Um, just all the satanic stuff that is relatable to kids. Um, you know, word scrambles, things like that. Um, so found out that she actually had, she reviewed this book two years ago, um, online, uh, and so at this time, you know, I don't I don't know if she's using any of this content right in her fourth grade class. I don't know right. if she's using anything to um, as any, you know, extra extra activities for her students. You know, they may not even know what it is and she may keep the stuff, you know, in the classroom and they're not taking sure. it back back home to their parents. Right. Um, so I have reached out to say, hey, listen, so I've reached out to the superintendent. I've reached out to the principal. I reached out to the teacher saying, uh, hey, is this being taught? Right. Um, and if not, you know, it, it, this absolutely needs to be investigated at the, at the very least. Uh, you know, I'll, I will be submitting FOIAs, um, but I, you know, it's going to be tough um, to get that because I guarantee she's, you know, she's not going to have that listed in any curriculum. Oh, sure. And, um, and we've run into this an awful lot here in Michigan, and I'm sure that they probably run into it in other parts of the state, and certainly around the country, where teachers who are not supposed to be assigning certain books are just keeping those books inside the classroom. So they don't get taken home and the parents don't learn about it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if I had – I mean, the fact that she that she is using this book or that she reviewed this book, that yeah. she's – you know, if she's reviewed it, you would assume that she has this book. Um, and, and you know, it, it is stuff that you would see in a fourth-grade class, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that there is a very strong possibility 
uh, even though there is denial that she is not she is not you know promoting Satanism uh, in her classroom. Um, I think there is a possibility, a very strong possibility, that she could be. And like we talked um, about when, when you broke the story, you know, just just to reiterate for those who are new listening right now is, you know, we're not accusing her of breaking any laws or doing anything illegal in the classroom. Mm-hmm. But it, as a parent, I would want to know if my child's teacher was a member of the Satanic Temple or the founder of the Satanic Temple, because that might, might weigh a little bit on my decision of keeping my child in that class. Exactly. Exactly. The parents have every right to know. Um, that this person, it, it, let alone being a member, right? That right. she is, she she runs it. She's a, the honcho, the head honcho. She's the top dog yeah. of the uh, of the statewide satanic temple. Yeah, that's the concern. Hey, if anybody missed that story and they want to pick up on either one of them, go to realnewsmichiana.com. Clifton French, always good to have you on, man. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Casey. All right, you take care. Have a good afternoon. Realnewsmichiana.com, and we'll link to those stories in the Daily Show prep today at theburningtruth.us. More coming up. 95.3 MNC, and also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190 WOWO, 107.5 FM. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190 WOWO, 107.5 FM. This is my obligatory... Um, add on to any time we talk about LGBTQ plus type issues. Um, we have, and, and Josh, as my call screener, my producer can verify this. We have several trans people who listen to the show and they call in on a semi-regular basis on these issues. I'm from Las Vegas. I have known people who dress in drag both uh, privately and professionally my entire life. And here's the one thing that I consistently hear from them. They all think that LGBTQ activism, especially in schools, is wrong. All of them. I don't know a single one of them that that thinks that this is a good idea in the way that it is being presented and promoted. All they want is for people to understand that they're human beings too and to not be targeted, bullied, harassed, or harmed. That's really, that's really it. They don't want it being promoted uh, to children. And I've, I've never known personally any trans person who has ever felt that way. So it's, you know, every time you talk about this issue, the one thing that they will do is, oh, you're transphobic, this, transphobic, that. It it doesn't stick with me just because I think I'm from Las Vegas. If I were from Indiana, I think it would be much more difficult for for people to, um, well, for me to be able to ferry that off. But uh, because I'm from Vegas and because so many people in Vegas know me, uh, (laughs) it becomes very difficult to make an allegation like that stick, which is, you know, it's, it's nonsense anyway. Um, but it is important, I, you know, for those of you who have spent your whole lives here or have never been around um, the trans community or or cross-dressers or, or drag queens and things like that, and there's various different roles and how that all plays out. But for those of you who have never been around that, um, it, it might be one of those things that you would assume it's the entire community that is doing it. And, and I feel it's my responsibility to let you know that that is not the case. There is a large chunk of the LGBTQ community that is furious at the way that they have been politicized and then used as a weapon to go after and recruit new members. You know, they spent a a good chunk of their their existence trying to convince people that a lot of folks are born that way. And now all of a sudden you can swap them out whenever you want. And, you know, there's some real conflicts within that community about all of this. 
Uh, Josh, just um, real quick, since we're almost out of time, how many, what percentage of the population in the United States do you think identifies as um, lesbian, gay, or bisexual? What percentage? 3.5%. What percentage do you think identifies as trans? 0.3. So, again, I'm only highlighting this because you can see the disproportionate amount of attention it gets. And that's one of the reasons that these umbrella terms keep getting created to bring more people into the fold. And you get the idea. More coming up. Well, when you go out on the street and you ask people, like, what percentage of the population do you think are, are you know, gay or trans or whatever? People will say, like, 50% of the population. I mean, it's... Right. Well, and so you've got LGB, right? Lesbian, gay, um, bisexual, which are the most common of all of them, right? You start adding the other stuff on, and a lot of them are actually redundant terms. Okay, I was just asked a question by a caller. My producer, Josh, passed it on to me, and I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw it out to you, the audience, to go to rumble.com slash Casey the host, and let me know if you think that I should address it. Holcomb gave the state of the state. Uh, you've probably heard some of the sound bites. Both stations, WoWo and MNC, are running sound bites of it. People are asking if I wanted to address it. I generally don't listen to people who don't have chins, uh, but if you would like me to address it, it's be- it really it's just better to pretend that they don't exist, Josh. It's, you know, honestly, you don't have a chin, you don't have a say. That's oh, can I put that on a t-shirt? That'll that'll be one of my new limited edition logoed shirts. You don't have a chin, you don't have a say. And then just be like an awkward picture of Holcomb not able to keep his mask on his face because there's no chin to hold it up. <laughs> uh, I might do that. Limited edition shirt coming your way. All right. So anyway, if you want me to address some of the stuff that Holcomb said in the state of the state yesterday, I will. If you don't want me to Say no. So go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. You got the live chat, uh, the rumble rants. Okay. That's the live chat. I want you to comment there. All right. Say yes or no on commenting on the state of the state. And I'll make a decision. I'll give you, I'll give you this hour to go vote on that. And then in the five o'clock hour, if we get enough votes, we will do it. Cause we got a lot of stuff to discuss today that frankly are more important than anything coming out of Holcomb's mouth could ever possibly be. But I digress. Uh, so let's, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll let you guys decide. All right. It's not up to me. It is entirely up to you. Uh, since we've kind of been on this, this path here over the past, I don't know, half an hour or so, 40 minutes, USA Today has hastily deleted a tweet. Did you see this, Josh, in your, your news efforts earlier today? The USA Today controversy? You did not. You would know exactly what I was talking about if you saw it. So you did not. USA Today tried to normalize pedophilia today. (laughs) He goes, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) But Here's the thing. You realize that the pedophile community, which there used to be one group that really promoted pedophilia. That was NAMBLA, right? NAMBLA, based in San Francisco, would march in in Nancy Pelosi's parades and everything else. And uh, they would march in the Gay Pride Parade. And for some reason, nobody had a problem with the National Association of Man-Boy Love or whatever. Nobody had any problem with them marching in any of these things. Go figure, right? 
Um, they have hashtags now, Josh. They've got groups on social media. They actively promote content now to normalize attraction to minors. So what is what is the uh, what's the the new acronym? It's like minor attracted persons, like maps, like minor attracted persons. So I'm attracted to minors as as a as a person is what they say. Okay. So they've they've built this entire marketing campaign, and don't think for a second that they haven't seen some of the other SJW stuff that has been successfully marketed and changed people's ideas, and they're emulating a lot of that. So we've seen a lot of this normalization of pedophilia over the the past couple of years. We've talked about it a lot. Um, I've told you before I have fairly intimate knowledge of how how strong sexual deviancy is in the legal system in the United States. There are a lot of judges who are attracted to minors, a lot of them. And there have been several stories that I have talked about throughout my career where rings of judges and lawyers were busted. You can look this up, hop onto any search engine, whatever you, you can find this where rings of judges and lawyers have been busted for sharing and promoting child pornography and even engaging in trafficking. And what ends up happening is like some of these people get, they get busted and they go in front of a judge who's a part of their little clique and that judge lets them off with a very light sentence, but the judge is a part of it. So it's, it's one of these, like it's, it's almost like a protectorate, you know, when the mob had their own judges and their own lawyers and everything else on the payroll, this is pretty similar to that. And it is very common. A lot of people are only aware of how bad pedophilia is and trafficking are. They're only aware of it because of the Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Okay. They're only aware of it because of that stuff, but this is much bigger than them. They just happen to know an awful lot of famous people. If you want to understand, I mean, look at how long it took everybody to understand that Hollywood was preying on children. Right, Josh? Look how long it took. Corey Feldman and several other child stars were ringing those alarms for as long as I have been alive, and everybody ignored. Oprah Winfrey used to play this clip on my show of Oprah Winfrey openly mocking Corey Feldman on her show for lying about this. And guess what? He was right. He was right. So this is one of those things where it's just, it's a big deal. But if you think for a second that people like me or anybody else are exaggerating this, go back and watch any of the Golden Globes that Ricky Gervais was hosting where he addressed Epstein and pedophilia because he did routinely. Now, while a lot of people just treat those those Golden Globes things as roasts, Hollywood hated Ricky Gervais doing them, which is why he doesn't do them anymore. They hated him doing it. But you watch the audience reaction when Ricky Gervais mocks Jeffrey Epstein and people start going, ooh, no, no. And he looks and he goes, he's not my friend. He was your friend, not my friend. And you start looking at the camera work of the crowd as he talks about pedophilia in Hollywood. And you look at which celebrities look angry and furious that he's talking about it. And then you look at the ones that are smiling and laughing. The ones that are smiling and laughing, they're innocent. The other people who were angry, visibly upset with what Ricky Gervais was saying, probably guilty. You think I'm joking? Go back and watch some of those monologues. You can find those montages of Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes, because the Golden Globes just happened. 
you can watch those monologues where he was specifically talking about sexual deviancy in Hollywood, and they always pan to the crowd. And you look at how many celebrities, really big names, look very uncomfortable that he's talking about it. And tell me if you trust those people to babysit your kids. By the way, looking at some very big A-listers when you go back and you watch that. This has been a problem in the United States for a long time. There's a report that came out, I think it was Sunday, maybe Monday. There have never been more slaves in human history than right now. I want you to think about that for a second. We have made slavery a central part of this country's identity, considering overall, especially comparatively to other countries, how minor of an issue it was throughout our history. I'm not saying it was a minor issue. I'm saying comparatively with how long it happened and the number of people who were actually enslaved in this country and the number of slave owners in this country, it was a very small part of the overall global slavery scenario. But in our country, huge deal. And it's a huge deal because, frankly, we are so ashamed of it. But if you look at the numbers now, far more people are enslaved worldwide now than have ever been enslaved in all of human history. And where is most of that slavery taking place? The trafficking of children. That's where it's taking place. You got the trafficking of children, trafficking of women, and I keep telling people, and I will say this over and over again until I'm blue in the face, and every time I run into somebody that I know uh, who has a, a teenage daughter or an early 20s daughter, particularly if they're blonde-haired and they want to go vacation in Mexico, do not do it. No. It is such a problem in the tourist areas of Mexico that blonde American women disappear. Blonde American girls disappear, and you will not see them again. They are actively targeted in that entire country. You do not want to go there. This is a, this is a major, major problem. And when you have movements that are allowed on Twitter and allowed on TikTok and allowed on Instagram that promote this, being attracted to minors, when you normalize this from a very young age. And by the way, part of critical theory, which critical race theory is an offshoot of, was to groom children for sexual relationships with adults. If you go back and you look at the history and the communists who started critical theory back in Nazi Germany, you will see that there is a very, very core fundamental tenet of of grooming young children for this in original critical theory. You go look at it. We've talked about it at great length. We've brought experts on the show to talk about it. I've I've done all sorts of uh, events and things like that with some of the leading experts of critical race theory and critical theory in, in the world where they have brought this very, their very thing up. You think it's a coinkydink that this is showing up in our schools? It's not. And when USA Today goes out there and they push a normalization of pedophilia, now how, how might they do that? In recent decades, the science on pedophilia has improved. One of the most significant findings is that pedophilia is likely determined in the womb. In other words, Josh, you're born with it. If you're born with it, it's normal, natural, and healthy, right? That has been an argument that has been used 
an awful lot for various other social issues. This is all designed to normalize this. You know, keep in mind, not that long ago, we had a, a journalist, a blue checkmark journalist, promoting a pedophile in one of their articles. But the pedophile wasn't a bad person. The pedophile was a good person because that pedophile didn't act on their pedophilia, Josh. Or so they say. Or so they say. So there are people who are just not sexual, asexual people. They're just, they're not interested. Vast majority of you are. And you go a certain period of time without getting it, you start looking for an outlet. Casey, what about priests? Do we want to have that conversation? Josh, do we want to have that conversation? I don't think we want to have that conversation, do we? No, we don't. So USA Today puts this out there that, hey, you know, ped- pedophiles, it's determined in the womb. It's, it's really, it's not their fault. They're, they're born that way. And if they're born that way, it must be natural. Therefore, we must be forgiving and accepting of pedophiles. No. Pedophilia is evil. Period. End of story. So they get called out on this because they, they tweeted it out. They get called out on this. And <laughs> they they delete the tweet. USA Today issues, a, it's USA Today Life, which is like an offshoot. The, they then tweet out, a previous threat did not include all information, and the story it was written about is be, is behind a paywall. We made the decision to delete the thread. I wonder why they have a pedophile story, a pro-pedophile story behind a paywall, Josh. I wonder why that is. Uh, by, by the way, there are two websites that I highly recommend to get past those paywalls. Uh, outline.com is one, and 12-foot ladder is another. And, and you can use both. The 12-foot ladder is actually better than outline. But you can use them. Just Google search 12-foot ladder uh, paywall. You'll get it. It's, it's a weird URL. And they will defeat these, these paywalls. So you can see these articles, and then they can't hide from them anymore. This is a real problem, and it's becoming normalized, and they're really pushing it. Very, very uh, brave new world is. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. Also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190. Whoa, whoa, 107.5 FM. I think we just discovered that I live in Governor Holcomb's head rent-free. I'll explain why later. The live stream already knows. Who's the most powerful radio host in the state of Indiana again, Josh? I think the guy who scares the heck out of the governor. That's who. No disrespect to my fellow other peeps. Got many, many good friends, including Pat, who I'm covering for today on WoWo. Love Pat Miller. True story. First guy to befriend me in the company. True story. True story. I don't count my boss. Pat Miller was there, though. Tony Katz, good friend of mine. Just saying, the guy who lives rent-free in the governor's head, probably the most powerful radio host in the state. That's me. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190. Whoa, whoa, 107.5 FM. That was smooth, brother. That was smooth. You were up against the five years. I think the best part about drinking a Diet Mountain Dew is that I am denying a Diet Mountain Dew to my boss who is obsessed and addicted to Diet Mountain Dews. So eventually, when you when you get through the Diet Mountain Dews and they're empty in the, the soda machine in the office, watching him run around desperately trying to find one is really good entertainment. 
Casey Hendrickson here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190 WOA, 107.5 FM. If you want to be moderately more entertained than you are on the radio show, go to rumble.com slash Casey the host and watch the live stream. Uh, we have been, here's the thing. I made a vow that I was going to make the live stream radio friendly, which is something the live stream hasn't always been. Uh, but we're going to make the live stream radio friendly. We're going into the new syndication effort. The second show is launching here soon, and and we're going to make the live stream radio friendly. But that doesn't mean that we don't get a little salty, and we have been a little salty today, but it's been – it's not crossed any lines. I don't think we've crossed any lines, Josh. We've been okay? Yeah, I think we've been all right. So uh, the votes continue to roll in at rumble.com slash Casey, the host. That it appears that people would like me to address – at least a little bit of what Governor Holcomb had to say uh, at the State of the State yesterday. So we'll probably do a little bit of that in the 5 o'clock hour. Not a lot. I'm not going to give him a lot of time of day. It's For the most part, the speech was you know, just a, a boring routine speech anyway. Uh, but there's some things that I think probably need to be addressed. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. I wasn't even sure if I was going to talk about it. People called. They asked if I was going to talk about it. So, all right, fine. We'll, we'll do that. A lot of Indiana news today. So let's talk a little bit about school curriculum. Now, earlier today, for those of you who missed it, we had Clifton French. Uh, he's an investigative journalist, realnewsmichiana.com. And he has he has been breaking a lot of stories, particularly in our area. But he's also broken some stories recently in the Fort Wayne area, including one where there's a fourth grade teacher there who is the founder of the 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 uh, temple of, was it, is it the, the temple of Satan or whatever? I don't know, whatever. The Satanic Temple in Indiana. She's a founder of it. She's a fourth grade teacher. And I don't know if the Fort Wayne news media picked up on that story. I have no My guess, based, based on how our local media operates here, is probably they didn't pick up on it. But um, the school has defended the teacher uh, who is, again, a Satanist, who is teaching fourth grade students and has been reviewing uh, Satanic books for kids and things like that online. Uh, that story is in the Daily Show prep today. When you go to the burningtruth.us after the show, it'll be there. Now, this, of course, has led to a broader discussion that we've been talking about statewide. And we've had the issue here in Michiana where principals and superintendents have been denying access to parents to see the curriculum that is being taught in their kids' school. Now, in Indiana, and you, we've talked with the Attorney General, Todd Rokita, about this. In Indiana, parents have a right to see the curriculum for their child's school, period. Now, what's happened is some superintendents and principals have decided that they don't care about any of that. And they have found these weird ways around hiding the curriculum and not allowing parents to have access. So this new legislation is designed to, one, prevent your child from being taught critical race theory, which should not be taught in classrooms. And most people who support critical race theory don't know anything about it. And then there are the activists who are pushing critical race theory because, well, they are racist themselves. Um, but there are people out there who are like, well, there's nothing wrong with teaching that there was, you know, this, uh, this very racial past in the United States. And I, 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 nobody is denying that. Of course you should teach that. Critical race theory doesn't do that. It's not what critical race theory is. When people tell you that that's what it is, they're lying to you. And you cannot be too lazy to verify what they're trying to tell you. We've been over it in great detail on this show. Um, I don't know to what degree Pat has gone over it on his show on WoWo. 
but it is not a simple we're just teaching real history and about racism in, in in america in the past and and how that might affect things now that's not what critical race theory is that is not at all what it is about but that's what they're telling you it's about so there is an effort to make sure that critical race theory does not get taught as a part of curriculum in our schools and that includes how it is currently being implemented in our schools uh, yes, we've got some rogue teachers that are teaching it. Yes, we've got some rogue schools that are just teaching it. But we also have critical race theory embedded in the CASEL program and embedded in the SEL program. Okay, And those are official state educational programs with the state of Indiana. And that is embedded in it. Critical race theory is embedded in those programs and more. Most parents know what SEL is. Most parents know what CASEL is. That's why we bring those up. There are other ways that it gets into the classroom, but parents seem to understand what those are. And it is embedded in those programs. We've talked about it. Why do you think this, this, um, this uh, teacher in Indianapolis is now fired for simply pointing out that they were, in fact, teaching critical race theory in Indiana schools? And you know what he did, Josh? All he did was tell people about public documents that any parent could go find anyway. He didn't, he didn't leak any documents. First of all, he'd be a hero if he did, but he didn't leak any documents. He didn't leak an internal memo that wasn't meant for the public. He didn't violate any laws. He didn't violate any rules. These are public documents that you can now go and look at on the public servers. And all he did was tell everybody, yeah, we're totally doing it. Here's my proof. And he's fired. I just got word yesterday I will probably be doing an event with him. So that is going to be uh, coming up, um, I think, in February. So stay tuned for that. As we get more details and get a venue, we'll let you know. Um, but he didn't do anything wrong. All he did was address the lie that critical race theory was not being taught in Indiana schools, and he used Indiana schools documents to prove that it was, in fact, being taught. So now you've got a controversial bill. A controversial bill, according to NBC Chicago. A controversial Indiana bill that Republican lawmakers contend would increase transparency around school curricula has drawn opposition from, ready for this? Dozens of teachers. Ah, oh. oh, I'm so I, I'm so glad that we're promoting dozens of teachers as meaningful opposition now. Dozens, Josh. Does typical leftist media didn't even inflate that number to hundreds. It just said dozens. Dozens. Now they testified Monday at the state house that the legislation would censor classroom instruction and place unnecessary additional workloads on educators. How? You realize these dozens of teachers are openly advocating for you as a parent to not know what they're teaching your kid. That's what this is all about. This is about making sure there aren't any loopholes anymore for these school systems to get around showing parents what the curriculum is. You as a parent have a right to know what your child is being taught in school, period. End of story. Full stop. That's that's all there is to it. As we have been saying on this show for 16 years now, public education does not want parents involved in their child's edu education unless they can blame the parent for a failing student. That's it. If the student fails, it's the parent's fault because they're not involved. Meanwhile, they don't want the parent involved because they don't want the parent to be able to uh, teach something that might be in the opposition of what the school is teaching, and they'd rather not have that conversation with, uh, with parents because, after all, parents are just peasants and they don't want to deal with you, so they'd rather just hide it from you. And that's what these teachers were testifying about when they went to the, uh, the state house and they were talking about this legislation. We don't want 
parents to know what we're teaching in the classroom. We know better than mommy and daddy. We're the experts. We're the professionals. Mom and dad are bigots. Mom and dad are small-minded. If it's a stay-at-home mom, she's a blithering idiot who's uneducated, not very bright anyways. We certainly don't want her involved. So that's all this is. Their effort is purely to hide from you what is being taught to your child. This bill is designed to allow parents easier access to what is being taught to your child so you can better monitor that and you can better support your child's education from home, which is ultimately what everybody should be striving for. The bill is one of several moving through the Indiana legislature that seek to require all school curricula to be vetted by parent review committees and posted publicly online. God forbid publicly searching curriculum, Josh. God forbid. Now, again, I believe, as in all things that we discuss on this show, stop. Take a deep breath. Two steps back. Why do you think teachers and school faculty members would not want to show mom and dad what their kid is learning in class? What are some possible logical reasons for that? Josh, you got any? Why wouldn't you want mom or dad to know what is being taught to their child in school? What would be a logical reason for holding that position? Josh doesn't have one. Do you? What would be a logical reason for not wanting parents to know what their kid is being taught at school? The whole point is for the parent to know what the assignments are so the parents can help support the kid's homework and everything else, right, at home. That's the whole point. Kid gets home and goes, my teacher went over something today. I don't really understand it. Now the parent can hop online, look at the curriculum, and help them out with it. So what is a logical, non-conspiratorial reason that teachers might not want parents to know what their their child is being taught? I cannot think of one. If you have one, send it to me. I'm dying to know. I can think of several reasons why they wouldn't want parents to know what their child is being taught because they want to hide what they're teaching to your kid from you. Why might that be? Could they be teaching things that would be against the family values of the house? Would they be teaching things that would be, oh, I don't know, controversial? Could they be teaching things that are, as we have seen all throughout the state, with pornographic material that's been in the schools? Could it be that they're teaching things that are not age-appropriate? Could we have yet another situation of grooming children sexually at a young age? What other reason is there to show graphic drawings and illustrations of adult sexual activity to, to elementary school students, as has happened in this state? What other reason other than grooming them for said sexual activity? It's not educational purposes. They're not teaching about STDs to nine and ten-year-olds. No, they're, they're talking about fantasies between one person and another and then graphically, illustratively showing it. Yes, it gets into critical race theory, but it's, it's, it's about everything. That's the whole point. The reason they don't want you to see it is because the stuff that they want to show your kids isn't something that you would approve of. And they don't like you sticking your nose in what they perceive as their business, their business 
is your child's education. How many times do I have to play you sound bites or quote teachers unions and, and faculty members, administrators at schools in this state and other states, telling you that they don't want parents involved because parents don't know enough on what should and should not be taught to kids. They're telling you the reasons that they don't want you involved. All I'm asking you to do is believe them. And if you can come up with a legitimate reason, a legitimate reason why teachers do not want the curriculum that they're teaching your kid to be posted online with an easily searchable website that you can go to anytime, you send it to me and I'm happy to address it because I can't think of one. And I humbly will present to you that I'm a pretty smart guy and I can't. I cannot come up with a single reason. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC, also filling in for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. You know, somebody on the live stream said, uh, Mr. Rogers' word of the day, Casey, is communism. You know, shortly before I relocated to the... Midwest from Las Vegas, Nevada. The Clark County School District, the school board, voted to repeal a ban on teaching and advocating communism in the classroom. There had been an actual prohibition on promoting communism, not teaching what communism is, but promoting communism in a positive light in the classroom. There's a ban on that. And the school board in the Clark County School District like, I don't know, like 17 years ago. No, not not that long ago. Like maybe like 12 years ago, something like that. They voted to repeal that so that teachers were allowed to promote communism in the classroom now. And I said it then. I said, see, I told you they're coming for your kids. And, you know, conservatives and Republicans and libertarians, they didn't pay attention until it was too late. Now you're playing catch up. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. If you want to watch the live stream, more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. All right, we'll just come on. Worst thing that can happen is I'm talking out of place, right, Josh? Gremlins in the system, folks. We apologize. Thank you for tuning in. Casey Hendrickson here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WOA, 107.5 FM. Just double verify that we're everything's working. We're linked up with all the stations. We good? All right. I just want to make sure that uh, we're not sending dead air over there to Fort Wayne. All right. Um, here's the thing. The, the poll was taken. People wanted me to address just a little bit, Josh. We, 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 a little bit of the Eric Holcomb fiasco. We did find out. We did find out that I live rent-free in Governor Holcomb's head. Um, Governor Holcomb has a beard fluffer, and he has he has fluffed his chin beard, and I think he's using a curling iron, which, by the way, is a very inventive strategy. I think he's using a curling iron to to poof his, his chin beard out and create an artificial chin. And I'm convinced it's because I'm calling him the chinless one. He didn't do that before, Josh. You look at the images from last night's State of the State. He fluffed his beard. Rent-free in his head, man. Rent-free in his head. Just saying. All right, so 
A uh, couple of things. Here, here's the thing. I'm not going to go in great detail about this. Okay, I'm really not. So what Eric Holcomb said last night is we're going to spend a lot of money on a bunch of stuff, and some of that is good. He had some very good things to say. Here's the thing. Overall, and I know that I'm very critical of the Indiana Republican Party, and believe me, they deserve far more criticism than I give them. But Indiana has essentially been on auto drive uh, successful in the Midwest for quite some time. And I think that what that's doing is that is creating some laziness in the Republican Party, and I think that that is making them vulnerable. I think that in their effort to to try and just appease the other side, they keep kind of doing what the other side wants them to do in little increments, allowing the other side to incrementally continue to manipulate the system, particularly with young people. And, and then it, I, I think, honestly, I think you're going to wake up one day. And here's the thing. I've seen this happen. I am from a diehard red libertarian state in the state of Nevada. The state of Nevada has been blue for the past several elections. And it all happened because of this stuff. You let it seep into the educational system. You let other people move in from other places. And next thing you know, all the people who are blue who left blue states because blue states are run like trash come to the red state. And next thing you know, the red state's not red anymore. And I'm, tell- I'm watching it happen in the state of Indiana. And I'm watching a very purple, not red, Republican Party in this state allow it to happen. And frankly, work to appease it because they just don't want these major dust-ups, right? It's, well, no, we, we're, we're going to politically disagree, but we're going to be polite about it. And that's it. There comes a time where you've got to fight and they have not picking up the battle when it comes to education. They haven't picking up the battle when it comes to this COVID stuff. Is there anybody out there who doesn't honestly think that Eric Holcomb has been a disaster throughout COVID? What did you say over there, Josh? Did you did you audibly sigh over there? Is there anybody who disagrees with that assessment that he's no? I mean it. Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, non-affiliate, listening to this show right now on whichever radio station you're listening to. Is there anybody out there who disagrees that Eric Holcomb has been a disaster? Is there anybody who disagrees that Eric Holcomb has abused his authority? Anybody? This is the guy who told you he beat COVID with his mask mandate before the Delta variant flare-up. I've been saying throughout this, this whole pandemic, we got an issue here with the political class, the public health officials. They backed themselves into a corner because they told you, if you do this, this will happen. And then people did it. And then the thing that they promised would happen didn't. And now they were faced with a, with a choice. Choice number one, accept responsibility. Politicians will never do that. And Holcomb hasn't either. You know, this is a guy who said, I... I will I will remove my tyrannical control over the state if you vaccinate your kids, even though a hundred percent of the research shows that children are more in danger from the vaccine than the virus. So he is openly advocating you endanger your children for him to release some control. Knowing full well the vaccines do not prevent the spread of COVID. They do not reduce the spread of COVID, and they do not benefit people under the age of 40 at all, unless there's comorbidities involved.
But he talked about spending a lot of money. He talked about the, the you know, uh, people move here. And yes, we got some companies who moved here and, and that sort of stuff. Okay, th- those are all great. Okay, I'm not going to fault the state. None of that's really because of his leadership. That's just kind of like an autopilot thing that every Republican governor kind of inherits. Uh, I'm not going to say that he is completely absent any credit there. He certainly has navigated the system. But at the same time, who are we losing out to? We compare ourselves to Michigan and Illinois. All right. Um, Michigan and Illinois kind of suck to do business in. It's really easy to beat Michigan and Illinois. And Indiana has successfully done that. He's talked about Indiana being the sixth best place to do business, I think. And, and okay, who's beating us, though? And by how much? Oh, Florida, Texas, other states beating us. And they're beating us by wide margins. So there's a lot of room for improvement. You get, get what I'm saying here? Like, do you remember when we had the issue with the police officers and they're all leaving in New York and Seattle and everywhere else? And, and uh, you had uh, Senator Braun... Uh, it was like, hey, you know, come to uh, come to Indiana. We'll, we'll give you like uh, like a thousand dollar bonus or whatever, right? And then what did Governor DeSantis in Florida do? The next day, he hops on TV and goes, "We'll give you a six thousand dollar bonus." Where do you think they went, dude? Cold Indiana or warm Florida? <laughs> Where do you think they went? Talked about spending a bunch of money in education again. We increase educational funding consistently. Republicans do this all the time in the state of Indiana. They get no credit for it, zero. Uh, he went into the COVID stuff. He said, to date, more than 19,000 Hoosier lives have been lost. It's nearly 20,000, by the way. Uh, more than, uh, than live in Huntington and Crawfordsville and, or Jasper. Hospitals are diverting patients in search of available beds. That's not true. That statement is a lie. Hospitals are not diverting patients in search of available beds. Hospitals fired staff and don't have staff to man the beds that they have in that building. That's what's going on. You can look at the hospital day. Go to the COVID dashboard, folks. Go look at it, okay? Pull it up for the last 30 days in the state of Indiana. I encourage you to do it. Deaths by day statewide have been declining now, consistently declining for two weeks. And for the two weeks prior to that, they were level. They're not increasing. The positivity rate been pretty level uh, for the for, you know, past couple of weeks or so, starting to decline now. Hopefully that trend stays. Okay. But again, positivity rates doesn't mean anything. Omicron is, is not killing people. Thank God. Take a look at the ICU beds. 8.9% ICU beds in the state of Indiana are available. Again, these are not full, these are not total number of beds available. These are beds that are staffed and ready to use right now. They're not that expansion that we talked about before. Hospitals have the ability to expand when they have staff. 8.9% of ICU beds right now are available in the state of Indiana. 8.9%. Some of you are going, well, that's a little low. That's actually higher than it's been throughout the whole pandemic. 38% of the ICU beds that are being used right now are COVID patients. Over 53% are non-COVID patients. COVID patients are not overwhelming hospitals. It is a lie to suggest otherwise in this state, period, end of story, which he did last night in his State of the State address. And all you have to do to debunk what he said is go to his government website, and his COVID dashboard. How many people in the news media do you think do that? It's, do I need to give the URL again? Coronavirus.in.gov. Go look. Go look. That doesn't mean that the people who are dying 
aren't tragic. Of course they are. But the reality of the situation is they are unhealthy people to begin with. That is the CDC statement. That is not mine. And we are one of the things that Indiana faces, and he did address this in the state of state last night, is, you know what? Indiana doesn't rank so good for obesity. Guess what the number one contributor to COVID death is? Obesity. Indiana doesn't rank very good in smoking. Guess what? Smoking increases your chances of dying from COVID. These are all real issues. And instead of addressing those issues, he's just telling people to get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Well, guess what? The people who are getting sick and dying right now are vaccinated. I've been over that data with you several times before. I don't need to go over it again in this segment. I did a lot of that um, earlier in the show in the 3 o'clock hour if you want to go back and listen to that. The number of ICU beds in use is almost at an all-time high, he said. That is not true. That's a lie. And you look at his COVID dashboard, you can see it. You can see it. Not even true. But this guy has not been honest throughout the pandemic at all. He's not governed like a Republican. He's not governed like a conservative. He hasn't learned from his fellow Republican governors who have had success in fighting COVID. He hasn't adopted any of their policies. None. He's adopted the policies most similar to Gretchen Whitmer. More coming up, 95.3 MNC and covering for Pat Miller on 1190 WOWA 107.5 FM. Everybody, Casey Hendrickson here. I got to tell you about one of my favorite products in my shop, XFOG. EXFOG.com. The XFOG anti fog system is the best way to keep your safety glasses or safety goggles from fogging up on you. You don't have to worry about pulling your glasses off in a dangerous environment to clean off that fog anymore with the XFOG anti fog system. It is super silent. You will not know that this thing is running. It will not impede your communications if you're military, if you're police. You don't have to worry about that constant hum with some of the other systems that we've had to deal with in the past, which can garble your, your comms. You don't have to worry about that with XFOG. It runs so quiet. In my meeting with them, that thing was running for 10 minutes solid. I had no idea it was on, and it was two feet away from me. This is a phenomenal product. So whether you work in a machine shop, whether you're in the RV industry, whether you're wearing medical PPE and you've got those, those safety glasses or goggles on that keep fogging up on you, don't spray those chemicals on it that don't work and irritate your eyes. Use the XFOG anti-fog system. EXFOG.com. Use promo code Casey to get a discount. Tell your boss you need it in the work environment. Tell your favorite retailer they need to carry it in stock. XFOG.com. Promo code Casey. I'm, I had to laugh about this during the commercial. Like This is hysterical, okay? National and local news a while ago. Because Pete Buttigieg is going out there telling you all that he saved your Christmas because he's the most amazing transportation secretary ever in the history of transportation secretaries. Um, and, and again, I don't apologize to all of you about Pete Buttigieg. We warned you. We tried warning you. So anyway... He's out there going, I saved Christmas. I fixed the ports. 30 minutes later, local grocery stores can't stock their shelves. Which one is it, Josh? Which one? Is... 
They want to celebrate Pete, but at the same time, they have to tell you you can't get peanut butter. <laughs> oh, my word. <clears throat> we warned you. I apologize for nothing. We, we told you he was terrible. Anyway, rumble.com slash Casey, the host. If you want to watch the live stream, theburningtruth.us. If you'd like to get the daily show prep, the podcast, and more, Casey Hendrickson here on 95.3 MNC, also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190. Whoa, whoa, 107.5 FM. Now, why is it that every time we have a story about how January 6th protesters and even some of the rioters are being abused by the system uh, and we, we highlight how they're being treated versus how actual violent criminals are being treated, we went over that in great detail yesterday at 3 o'clock. If you missed it, go listen to the podcast, theburningtruth.us. So many in January 6th did not commit any violence. They've been held without bail. There's been no hearings. They've been in, in jail for over a year. You realize this Antifa guy who brought a bomb with him at one of the January 6th rallies here just this uh, this past week? It was a rally for people who are being detained indefinitely, some would argue unconstitutionally, from the January 6th protest slash riot. This is an Antifa member who brought a bomb with him to blow these protesters, these demonstrators up. So he was arrested. He was seen running away before he was apprehended by police. His name is Garrett James Smith. He had a backpack containing a pipe bomb, a gas mask, pepper spray, smoke rockets, and flammable rags. So this guy, on January 6th, a few days ago, is arrested trying to blow up American citizens for a political reason. The very definition of domestic terrorism. Liz Cheney hasn't said a thing about it. She's too busy making sure she's got her Karen hairdo on point. Hey, Josh, this guy was going to blow people up on January 6th, just a couple of days ago, gets caught, gets arrested, has actual explosive devices. He's out on bail. There are people who did not assault police officers who walked into the Capitol building who are still being held without bail over a year later. This guy was going to blow people up, an actual domestic terrorist, and he's out. Uh, I'm sorry. Does that seem right to anybody else? We've talked about that school shooter here not that long ago. The, uh, the young, young black kid. School shooter. And the reason we bring it up is because he wasn't going to be black for a long time, remember? Ended up being a black kid. Went in, shot four people. Turned himself in. Out on bail a day later. We have people who didn't engage in any violence at all that are being detained for the January 6th protest that turned into a riot in some parts. They've had no hearing. They've had no bail some of them in solitary confinement, this guy is an actual domestic terrorist caught red-handed with explosives trying to blow people up because of his politics and because of their politics, and he's out? Now, here's, here's where things get really infuriating. No bail, no bond. They just let him out. 
Josh, they just let an Antifa domestic terrorist who tried to blow people up out. They just let him go. The same day that Senator Cruz is talking to the Department of Justice about not pursuing Antifa domestic terrorists and not arresting them. The same day. Now tell me that there isn't a political system in in intentionally targeting certain people. TheBurningTruth.us, this will be in the Daily Show Prep if you want to read more about it. You got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. All right. Yeah, wrapping things up here. Don't forget, you can get all the things that we talked about today and get it at theburningtruth.us. You can follow me on Getter. You can follow me on Telegram, on Rumble, at Casey the Host. And, you know, here's the thing. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, Joe Rogan's, like, kind of not on, he doesn't like Getter anymore. Says there's a a lot of shenanigans that are happening on Getter now. And um, here's the thing. Anytime you have any of these, these startup networks, there's always some artificial following and that sort of thing. But I'll tell you what. My engagement has been pretty good on Getter over the past couple of weeks as I've been pushing it. Um, my parlor account that I haven't touched is growing in followers. But you know what? No no activity. Nobody interacting with the post. Just people following, which I assume are bots. I don't think they're real. But on Getter, they seem to be real people, at least on my account. They seem to be real people. So um, I've enjoyed Getter over the past couple of weeks. I think it's really improved from what it used to be. Truth Social, Trump Social Network, uh, comes out on President's Day in February. We've got a countdown on that uh, at theburningtruth.us on the homepage, so you'll be able to see that. But uh, it is, if you ask me, Getter's been good. Telegram is still by far and away my favorite. So I would follow me on Telegram first at Casey the Host. If you're on Getter, at Casey the Host there. On Rumble at Casey the Host, and you'll get pretty much all of the social media that matters. Go to theburningtruth.us, get the Daily Show, prep the podcast, and more. Bill O'Reilly's up next. We'll see you tomorrow.